I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by Rosie McMahon. Rosie is a health and wellness coach with over 20 years experience in the area. With qualifications in yoga, exercise and health fitness, mental fitness, holistic massage, Reiki, life coaching and mindfulness, she has immersed herself into the health and wellness industry. She is the owner of Shannon Estuary Way Retreat and director of Shannon Estuary Way Academy. During our chat, we talked about how as humans we are wired for connection, the need to carve out time for ourselves every day and how slowing down is the greatest medicine in her life. During the recording of this podcast, we unfortunately had a few technical issues with sound quality, so please accept my apologies for this one. Rosie, thank you so much for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here. So for any of our listeners who are not familiar with yourself or the work that you do, could you give us an introduction as to who you are and what you're all about? Okay, so my name is Rosie McMahon, and I'm about more than 20 years in the industry of health and well-being and I cap it off as a health and wellness coach that I am with um, a lot of different qualifications under my belt and um, yoga um, exercise and health fitness I'm I was a, a late bloomer went back to college as a mature student and I haven't stopped stu- studying I've studied mental fitness mindfulness life coaching holistic massage reiki um, so there's quite a a good few holistic practices that I have trained in um, to be better able to hold the space for people and their own overall well-being mentally, emotionally, spiritually and physically. And you touched on it there, you're a real believer in that holistic approach um, to looking after your health and well-being and I suppose why is that so important to you and why is it so important for you then not only personally, but also professionally to kind of, I suppose, help dis, um, impart that knowledge onto other people and show them the importance of looking after their own minds and, and themselves in a holistic approach. Absolutely. I think it's like from a very young age when I was when I was younger. I mean, I grew up uh, predominantly on 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 a farm with my grandparents and I would have seen what it was like to eat really healthy and to spend all my days out in nature. So there was a knowing and it was deep set. I'm not sure where it come from, that we have the power to to heal ourselves or to, um, you know, look at ourselves in a holistic approach, not just separate the mind and body, etc. So then I dived into it deeper in my 20s. And in my 20s, um, there was an event that completely changed my life. And that event just made me realize that life is very, very precious and that, you know, we need to take care of ourselves. Um, Then regarding mental health in my teens, I can now call it a social anxiety. And it's not putting a label on it. I just had a lot of loud voices in my head that were not very nice to me. I I was bullying myself internally and it was louder than I can ever imagine. Um, and it used to take over from the minute I woke up in the morning. I used to think people were laughing at me. I used to think that I wasn't pretty enough 
and that I wasn't good enough. Um, I used to hate my name being called. I used to go bright red. Um, not sure where it came from, but I, I know that that was a really difficult period of my life when I was in uh, fourth year and fifth year. And then your social life kicks in and you're out partying and all of that just kind of gets hidden in the background and you manage it away yourself. And then it came back to me again, the mental health when after my third child and after my fourth child in a form of of, uh, postnatal. And it's like going down into this rabbit hole. Um, And it's, it's hard to explain how you can't get out of it, no matter how many tools that you have. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is what I what I did was I my, my weakness is to ask for help. So that was always my weakness. I wanted to do everything myself and, and by myself. So looking back at the pattern when I was in a teenager and when I was the mum of four and very small babies, asking for help was the big, huge thing. And then I ended up isolating myself. And this was another factor that affected my mental health. Community is huge. And that's why I do this work that I do today is bring people into circle, bring people into community. And it's amazing when you open up and feel safe to do that, that what issue you're having, another person's having the exact same or something similar. And then you realize, Jesus, I'm not on my own here. And this is normal and it's okay. And it's okay to talk. And there's actually strength in knowing that other people have gone through it as well, because it can be so isolating being in your own head you know, having that anxiety or stress or worry or whatever it may be, it can be so isolating. So actually learning that other people are going through the same thing as you, it can be a huge comfort to people. 100%. And that's essentially it. We're wired for connection. But whatever defaults in our head that maybe we're ashamed of it or or the voices or that we think we're the only one that might have those voices in our head, And I've learned through my mental fitness coaching that every human has a critic and a judge in their head. And just the way it works, some of us historically have true historical events, have a louder judge and a critic. And then we have another side to the brain, which is called the sage, where all of these amazing qualities of empathy and awareness are there. But it's the judge and the critic that are just so loud that they take over and they become the ones commanding our minds. And when I learned that mental fitness, that there's a way that you can make your mind fit to be able to command those voices, that you can bring your brain essentially to the gym and do these micro doses of meditations, very short little two minute reputations of them. And over a period of six weeks, just like you'd go to the gym, to physically get fit and do your 50 bicep curls every single day for six weeks, you'll see that bicep grown. You do the same with your brain. You take it to the gym, doing the microdosing of meditation. And within six weeks, you'll get to see what the judge looks like, what the, what the critic looks like. And it usually has three top saboteurs. For me, it was the controller, the hyperachiever and the pleaser. When I was able to identify them, I was able to call out when they were running the show and step back from it. From my own experience, the inner critic, when it gets in there, 
it can bash you so much and it can make you doubt your ability to do anything to help other people to help yourself or whatever but the fact that you have been able to tap into that mental fitness yes probably allows you to help people an awful lot more than you know if your inner critic was there kind of at the forefront of your mind well when, when i found out sandra that where this stems from this was because i this is why i did the holistic stuff because it brings you back to the root and when you pull the root of something you're, you're pulling the whole thing essentially instead of just taking off the surface and masking it so when i discovered that where did this judge and critic come out of and i understood then that as a young rosie there was circumstances that didn't feel so safe in my environment so in order to um, survive we create these characters heightened maybe if I keep pleasing or if I control the situation everything will be fine Sandra when I was little I used to love playing cubby house do you know cubby house where you make this little area that and at one stage and I'd make a little shop that's where the entrepreneurship came from and at one stage everyone would be around me and we're having a great time and then my controller would come in and I'd look around and there was no one around me so that was at a young child, I was able to see that. But in my adult self, I realized that that controller was ruining my relationships with myself and with other people around me. It'd be grand at the start, but then I tried to control the person mm-hmm. because it made me feel safe. So I had to undo those patterns and recognize I'm an adult now and I'm safe. I do not have to control the situations here. But it was through the mental fitness that I had to come in command of my mind first and recognize, do this little test to recognize what are my top three. But interestingly, he, that's the negative side of it. But the positive is behind the controller is a great leader. So I used that skill now to lead retreats here at the Shannon Estuary Way and to lead holistic practices. So I use that to my advantage. And the pleaser or the hyperachiever, I get things done. I take really fast action. So I use that to my advantage. And I know when I'm going into something destructive, I'm able, or that's, you know, over controlling or over hyperachieving, I'm able to stop with my little moment of meditation and ask myself, who's running the show here? Into survival mode is why a lot of this inner critic comes from that it believes that it's protecting you and the fact that you can then to use it to your own advantage i suppose well as testament to the work that you've done with your mental fitness but it's also i suppose it would give other people comfort that actually you can don't because i know from myself i was very much stuck in the inner critic thing for an awful long time it it led to I suppose increased anxiety when I was already at an anxious life and you know even just knowing that that can change that you can turn that negative talk and actually use it to your advantage because at the root is something that's trying to protect you exactly you know potentially a positive thing but it's just that it's coming out in a negative way through your, your inner critic and your inner you know, negative self-talk. That's it. It's almost like 
um, in, 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 in your mind, there's, there's this one road that leads to a Y shape and you can choose to take the left, which is the judge and the critic, or take the, 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 the opposite side, which is the sage, which will, which will interpret a situation differently, which will respond as opposed to react, which will pause or be more empathetic, where the judge and the critic, as it says on the tin, will judge the situation or be critical and essentially it's to ourselves. So we're giving ourselves a hard time internally and no one can see this. And when we, I suppose, learn to slow down and do this work on mental fitness, recognizing that your your mind is like the cockpit of an airplane, it commands you, but it is connected to your body. Um, and both of them through the breath are connected and you can start to master your own life when you start mastering your mind by recognizing this. If this is my command center, you know, dive in a little bit deeper, do the work. As soon as six weeks with mental fitness, you have improved mental health. No more than doing six week gym course, you've improved physical health also. And like we'll never get rid of the judge and the critic. It's always going to be there, but we can shrink it and increase our sage side. So it's making a promise to ourselves that, that we'll do the work and to reach out for help can be the first protocol. And once you do surrender to that, there are some incredible communities around and that you know, work on, on helping individuals with, 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 their, with their mental health. Um, so I suppose making that first step to saying yes to you and to love yourself enough to make that promise to work on your mental health. And, you know, like I'm always taking a holistic approach and um, you've got your mental, your emotional, your physical and your spiritual, as I mentioned. And the interesting thing is when you start to work at that top tier, the mental, you start to see an improvement in the emotional and you start to see an improvement in the physical and it all just kind of marries in together. Absolutely, because and I find that myself, that if I'm mentally in a bad place, I don't have the wherewithal to look after my, you know, I won't exercise as much. I think like that because it's so linked. When you're working on your mental health, it will kind of have that knock-on effect that you yeah. will look after yourself physically and emotionally and all the rest of it. But I suppose, yeah, like, and I think there's been a couple of years of recognizing that mind-body connection mm. um, much more so than was, I suppose, previous. Um, there seemed that they were two separate entities that, you know, your mind is one thing and that's over here and your body is this thing and, and this is how you look after your body. But actually, they're very linked. And in order to look after one, you almost are looking after the other at the same time. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of things that came up there that I wanted to kind of touch into. Um, and you, you, you mentioned there about, you, oh, yeah, that, you know, we, we can have bad days. Like, it's not going to say everything's going to be rosy in the garden. That's a whole pile of BS we're being fed. There, will, there are, I do have my, my days and my Debbie Downers. Um, but I recognize if it goes more than one or two or three days, I need to do my research and see, see here, you know, what's going on and according to where I am in my life. 
what what what's happening now is there changes in my body where am i at my cycle and um, what's going on with my business what's going on with my family my values so i stop and do the little bit of research to say why am i so down by asking myself those powerful questions and one thing i learned by listening to other podcasts and interested in listening to one chap that wrote um a book on you can be your own therapist which was very interesting and I could identify what was going on in my Debbie Downer days, the days that I wasn't so well. I was giving myself a hard time internally. I was beating myself up that I should be more energetic or I should be, um, what are you so down for? Everything is going so well for you. You shouldn't be like this. Or the second thing I defaulted into, I was working really hard so that I can ignore this particular moment that's happening in my life instead of holding the space for myself. And then the third thing that we can default into, but we have to relearn ourselves, is to self-soothe. And we haven't been taught how to do that. So when we're going through the tough stuff, that's the time to fill up the bath. That's the time to nurture and to soothe. And just imagine you're going through a winter month. Just imagine you're going through winter. What are the, what are the comfort measures you need right now? The, the fluffy blanket, the, the, you know, maybe just watching a movie and um, being with your pet, reaching out to a friend. But if it goes past day two or day three, please just reach out and ask for help. Absolutely. And I suppose that's something I learned the hard way because I didn't uh, can get to a point then where it kind of goes beyond just having down days and it can really get like quite serious and definitely I would I would definitely echo that that you know speak up and I think this is this something episode two actually of the importance of advocating for yourself and actually saying hang on I'm there's something going on here mm-hmm. and I actually need some help with this part that is to recognize absolutely Sandra and and there there's so much um information out there now i think Eckhart toll is a wonderful book on the power of now and he talks about what he, he describes it as the pain body you could describe it as the critic getting louder the judge getting louder but but essentially we're, we're nobody can see your mental health we can see physically if you're caught or you broke your leg or you know you'd go and get treated for that but when it's your mental health nobody can see that it can't be measured if, if you know what I mean, it's it's happening to us on our internal landscape. Um, but recognizing the signs, I suppose, and, and and like you said, reaching out before it escalates into something that that can be just you know a little bit more harder to get out of. Or you know. what are the things that call on um, to look after yourself? Cool. So my medicine is to slow down, even though we're so um, programmed and um, almost conditioned that we need to be going, going, going all the time and doing something all the time to see to be successful and all of that crack. But slowing down and checking in on yourself, taking a moment to place your hand on your heart and ask yourself, how am I today? How's my nervous system um, if you're female, where am I at my cycle? Um, honestly, how am I feeling? And do I need to have a little nap? Am I tired? Am I energetic? That's one way. And another one is 
getting out and getting daylight. That's very important for, for the serotonin, the melatonin, so you get a good night's sleep. Getting light into your body, really important. Nature, another wonderful medicine. Breath work is a great thing to lean into if you want to work at subconscious and patterns that are and behaviors that you keep you know and um, samskaras we call them in in yoga where you feel like you're going around in a record player um, and you're getting caught in a groove you're getting caught in the same pattern so there's this type of breath work you can do where you're doing retention work to open up the subconscious and see what those patterns and behaviors are and call them out essentially and get beyond that groove where you're getting stuck um, Cold water is a wonderful one where you can immerse yourself in the cold water or having the cold shower that will bring you back to the moment and back to the present. But essentially, none of this exists in the present moment. So Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about that. So finding ways to bring you back to the present moment, whether it's to connect with nature or working with your breath. Because anxiety and depression and negative stress does not exist in the present moment. It's the mind's thoughts projecting forward, that's anxiety, and thinking back of regrets in the past is what can let us fall into a rabbit hole of depression. So ask yourself, what tools can you put in place to anchor yourself back into the moment? And recognize if you're leaning into getting anxious, shallow breath is often what's happening, cutting off the digestive system and having irrational thoughts. So catching it before it escalates into something else. Absolutely. And you touched on something there. Uh, it, the cold water, you know, that a lot of people have gotten into sea swimming sort of thing, but you touched on the cold it's actually something that um, a wonderful dad one time mentioned to me as because I suffer from panic disorder and, you know, that kind of spiral of thoughts and actually cold water therapy was one thing she introduced me to. And, you know, sometimes I can't get into the sea, I'll splash my face with cold water and run, you know, just yeah. blast myself with cold water and it actually gets you out of your head almost immediately because you can't think of the, the rush of all these thoughts that you're having it kind of brings this sense of clarity and I don't know it like for me anyway it's a sense yes. of calm that the, the brings and um, I know that you you like seeing you post on um, your Instagram uh, that you get out for a swim quite regularly and do you find that if you were having those anxious thoughts, do you find that as well from the, the cold water therapy? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I've studied it and I've seen how the cold stimulates the vagus nerve. That is the longest nerve in the body referred to as the nerve of well-being. And it runs from the base of your neck down to your gut. So it's that connection, mind-body. When this stuff is happening, it's almost like we're disconnected from our body when we get into the cold water, we've no choice but to come back to the present moment. There's no choice in that. But if you also get that connection to the mind body because you're stimulating the vagus nerve, the cold water has other things that it does. It releases dopamine, oxytocin, the love hormone, and serotonin and endorphine. So it releases those in the body. It fires up the mitochondria and the cells. 
so to release ATP. So all of this chemical stuff is going on. So shots of dopamine are going to make you feel uplifted. You know, stuff like watching the sunrise, watching the sunset. These sort of things give you that shot of dopamine. So the cold water is doing that. So it's getting high on that supply of cold water. Breathwork can also do that for you as well. So you get into that feel good. Um, I'd lean into it. And I lean into the hot as well. Uh, follow Susanna Soberg, Dr. Susanna Soberg, and recommend it 11 minutes cold a week immersion. So that could be two minutes a day. And if you can get your 57 minutes of a sauna session, three 20 minute sessions a week is the sweet spot for rejuvenation. So I'd lean into that for rejuvenation. If I've been working really hard and I need to reset, I'd lean into that. But what I do every single morning before I leave my house or meet another human, and that goes for my kids and my family as well, is I do the breath work. So I do a five minute session of breath work to oxygenate my body and to do a little bit of breath retention to reach my higher state of consciousness. So then when I meet other people, I'm at that high vibration and that's all that's going on. I've tried the reverse where I didn't do the breath work and I went out into the world. The distraction, and maybe I have that type of brain, but I was getting distracted left, right and center and I just could not be in my own center. I was totally off kilter. So that's the proof of the pudding that the breath work for me in the morning works. Everybody's different, but find what works for you and set a ritual and a non-negotiable about that. And don't forget to add you into your own diary as well. And especially if you lean into being the people pleaser and and are a giver all the time, it's very important that we carve out at least one hour a day for ourselves, whatever that looks like. It might be just doodling, doing nothing, but it's that time for you to connect with you, with yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's really important as well for people who are listening. Um, Those grasp that self-care looks like different things to different people. I think there's been this commercialization a little bit with self-care in the last couple of years that, you know, it looks like this face mask and a candle yeah. and a this, you know, um, but like you say, to kind of you lean into what works for you. 100%. And sometimes, Sandra, that means getting messy, letting yourself have a big messy cry or having an adult tantrum or punching your fists up in the air to release the frustration. And this is one thing I'm learning now about frustration and anger. Very much as women patriarchally, we've been you know, perceived push that down. Don't be showing them sort of frustration and anger. And we end up pushing it down when really that's an energy that needs to ascend. It needs to come up and out. And, you know, letting out a yelp or, you know, screaming into the pillow or getting yourself a punch bag is so powerful for for females and to release, you know, to 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 release that frustration and anger and not let it store in the body. Yeah, and you touched on something there. And I think there is definitely this historical thing of, you know, be a nice, good girl there. Yeah. And it's about kind of learning to take your place in the world and actually claim claim your space, actually looking after yourself, that you don't have to be any less than what you are. And as it Marianne Williamson, she wrote a quote on the biggest fear humans have is stepping into their own power and their own light. 
And that's exactly it. We, we can often be afraid of being judged. I mean, here at the retreat, we have events where we will do some trans or a static movement, banging a drum, and sometimes we're making noises. And to the outside world, it would look absolutely nuts, but it's a total release. And afterwards, there's a feeling of joy and ecstatic and like a total letting go of all those moments you had frustrated with your kids, frustrated with your teens, with your business, with humans, builds up and it needs to come out. And one thing I had to discover again, as you mentioned, we always discover these things when it happens to us. So because I wasn't letting my frustration or my anger out, it was manifesting into an autoimmune skin rash in my body. And um, I discovered then, you know, that it, it stores in the liver um, etc. So now I've learned ways and I'm also bringing that into the retreats of teaching people ways to release that frustration and anger so it doesn't manifest in the body. And this is the inter- interesting thing about the body. And there is a book called uh, The Body Keeps the Score that our birthright is to be at ease and to slow down and enjoy this life we're given. But because we rush so much and we have, there's an expectation from us and we're driven so hard to be something that we're not, we end up getting dis-ease in the body, which is the opposite of feeling ease. So learning ways through yoga, through hot, cold treatment, being in nature, having fun with friends, bringing joy in to, t- to create that sense of well-being in ourselves. Absolutely. And there is this, I suppose, this hustle culture doing all of the things that all, you know, at the same time, you're not giving the best of yourself to anything or anyone. And you're certainly not giving the best of yourself to yourself. Exactly. It's slowing down definitely is the medicine that I've discovered. Since you get mentally exhausted by all of the going-ons and things are pelted at you. And then if you look at the grander scheme, it's like capitalism is telling you, you've got to get this, you've got to do that. And even more so after, um, you know, the, the experience of having to stay at home and we learned to slow down during that period, um, there was such a relief when we finally got to the stage of overcoming the whole situation, got to terms with it. Um, then like this is what the conversation I often hear from clients that come here they'd love one of those days again because now they feel it's a little bit worse than than before and and I suppose it's looking after our our internal landscape isn't it and that will have a reflection on the external as well rather than getting caught up on the external take a moment to recognize that everything you need is on the inside even the answers you need to anything is on the inside essentially but again it's the fear of our own power and our own light that we 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 stop ourselves from listening to that gut instinct about a situation and it's usually in hindsight when we go oh gosh if i just listen to that but we can't listen to it if we don't slow down if we're jumping from one thing to the next then we've never given ourselves one moment to just check in on how we truly are showing up in our bodies and our minds the way I look at the body, because I love studying anatomy, physiology, yoga, all of that. Um, but the way I look at the body is that we are a system. And then there's nine other systems with that. There's a nervous system responding to the external factors. 
yet we have no control over the external. We have no control of what's going to happen next. But we do have the power to manage ourselves, how we handle that. And through work like breath work and meditation and mindfulness and slowing down, we can learn to press the pause button before we react to something and then feel crap after it. And that is a muscle that you have to develop. It doesn't happen overnight. And reminding yourself not to beat yourself up if you didn't get it right the first time. We never got it right the first time we learned to ride a bike. We're learning. Every day is a learning day for us. But just recognize that you have the power to manage your inner world, to go in there and explore what that looks like. But you've no, we've no control over the external. We can't, you know, d- have any control over we didn't have any control over at the time we were in lockdown but we had control not control but you know we were able to manage what happens in our inner world and it's our inner world which is unique to everybody else no more than your skeletal body is unique like your fingerprint is unique and that's your superpower is that authenticity that you have and the more you go in and do the work the more you show up authentically as yourself And then when you walk, you walk and talk, you talk, that's it. You're in your higher state of power and it's, it's beautiful. And it's not like ego or power trip. It's just a knowing I actually know who I am. So whatever you think about me, I don't give a shit. And I think that's so great. What's so great about the work that you do as well in the retreat center that you, you know, you allow people to have that time to slow down, to give the time to themselves and actually kind of, I suppose, take back some of that power for themselves. As I think that's what's so great about it is the fact that you are, you have this safe space for people to come to, to actually go, okay, I'm slowing down. I'm taking this day and to look after my mind and myself. What's coming to the forefront there, Sandra, is it's almost like you take your, your mask and your costume off and you hang it up. And you you come into this space where you can totally be yourself. And there's no time. There's no clocks on the wall. The phones don't get used. Nobody has a clue what time it is, but you're not bothered. You're just being with yourself. And slowing down is the big key thing when you get here. And you start to unravel and you start to explore, you know, what it is, is your heart's desire in life. And that it's pretty short and I don't want to be morbid here. But what are you waiting for? What, what's holding us back? And when you come here for a day, the, the land is, is precious. It's steeped with history and heritage and definitely feel a sacredness within the land that it's already, the vibration is already high here. So you do get the opportunity to release and whatever that looks like for you and enjoy and let go the the pretense or the the need to prove anything or and be with like-minded people and learn also nuggets of wisdom that you walk away with that you can apply um to your daily life that are little doses you know that you can add to your life to bring quality um because of course when you're here everything you're not in an environment that would create any negative stress but you learn little tools because I'm such a giver in that. My vision is to empower people to be in command of their own health and well-being and, and to go in there and recognize that they have the power to shed away all the stuff that's not theirs 
and step into who they really are, their own power. So, yeah. Um, it's the work that you do to allow that to happen, because I think we need more of it. We need more of, you know, people being empowered. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. Um, and well done and i know that recently you were named in the top five best tourist activities in county clare correct Clare awards um so and i suppose that brings us to the end of our chat today so thank you so much for joining me on the mind your mind podcast rosie you're so welcome sandra and i hope that any nuggets that i did share um is going to resonate and if anybody wants to reach out, um, you can share. I'm very happy for you to share my details. And if you want to come down and visit County Clare and come to our health and wellness retreat and experience exactly what I was talking about, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Thanks for having me, Sandra. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.